Hi, welcome to Your Cron, short for Your Chronicles. I'm your host, Scott Pitney. Your Cron is a podcast where we chronicle ordinary people and their extraordinary stories. We refer to ordinary people on this show as people who are non-celebrities. Our goal is simple, entertain our audience and perhaps even inspire and educate. At the same time, our guests build a part of their legacy through this unique audio opportunity. So let's get right to our next extraordinary story. My guest today is Colette Tappan Girl Leosi. Colette is an EFT Tappan practitioner, law of attraction teacher, and speaker. Colette has been teaching, practicing, and facilitating tapping, formerly known as Emotional Freedom Technique, or EFT, since 2007. Colette combines her knowledge of Law of Attraction and tapping and calls them the Dynamic Duo. She describes tapping as modern-day technology for releasing stress and anxiety. Colette has immersed herself in the EFT model first developed by Gary Craig over 20 years ago, and has achieved fantastic results for herself and her clients from all over the world. She loves facilitating tapping one-on-one and in group, privately, and in businesses. Her goal is to remember you to the wholeness you already be by releasing negative emotions and negative emotional experiences that are the blocks to your best self. Colette is passionate about tapping and having fun while healing. Tapping can be used for, and is in no way limited to, clearing stress, phobias, addiction, weight loss, physical symptoms, pain, sports performance, trauma, among other things. Colette currently has a show, Tappin' Girl, spelled T-A-P-N-G-R-L, Tapping Into You, bi-monthly on Hamilton County Television via the web, airs the second and fourth Thursday of the month on Facebook, also posted on Twitter and YouTube. Her website is tappingirl.com, and her Facebook is facebook.com forward slash tappingirl. And now we join Colette's extraordinary story, already in progress. Okay. All right. So I'm on my way back from Tennessee, and I hear in the recording that um, something that is so big to me that basically I'm like, oh my God, did you hear that? And my husband goes, what is it that you heard, basically? And I said, she said, your emotions are your guidance. This was really big information to me because I really um, had kind of always cursed myself about how sensitive I was because I had heard for so many years from my mother, if you just weren't so sensitive, if you just weren't so sensitive. I mean, I heard that a lot. Um, now I would just kind of fast forward and say that today one of the things I teach my clients is when we are very emotionally sensitive, I teach them that's your superpower. <laughs> so I went from that being like my big, you know, thing that was the big problem with me to now I understand that that emotional sen- sensitivity is guidance. Um, and the understanding of the guidance that that is is really, really big to where that, that was a huge light bulb moment for me. After that, in the recording, she was talking about if you don't know what it is that you're supposed to do, ask. Now, at the time, I was what I coined myself a domestic diva, domestic engineer, however it is that, you know, we used to call it a housewife. 
Um, I really valued being home and having a nice environment, even though it was just my husband and I, you know, that, that the house is together, that when you come home, there's dinner. Those, a lot of those things that I didn't have growing up in such a large family that were really important to me. So all day long, I'm vacuuming, I'm dusting, I'm doing, you know, me gardening, all the things that I do. I'm saying, what is my bliss? What am I here for? What, what am I supposed to be doing? Um, cause I know I'm intelligent. I know that I've been schooled. I know that I have all this gift and talents and I kind of got myself to a point where I could say, look, you know, the yard has flowers in it. Every other people get to enjoy it. You are contributing to the world, but you know, it felt like there was more there for me. Mm. So, uh, I just kept asking, what is my bliss? What is my bliss? What am I supposed to be doing over the course of about three weeks? I would go to the, t the computer. This is when my movies and those things on YouTube were becoming very popular. Mm -hmm. So I'd watch my movies, Louise Hay, who's a great metaphysical counselor, teacher, and things like that. And um, you know, when you're on YouTube, all those things come up down the right side, and I'd click from one thing to another, and up would come this thing called EFT. And so I'd watch a video and I'd see this person tapping on their face and body and I'd go, okay, that's crazy. We're not doing that. <laughs> because I'm one of those people that's usually kind of ahead of the curve and I'm just kind of tired of swimming upstream. Mm. I mean, I was selling products with, without uh, harmful ingredients 30 years ago when people thought, why do you care what's in your shampoo? Well, now everybody cares what's in their shampoo or more people do. Mm. So. Um, I was like, that's crazy, moved away from the computer, whole week goes by, um, and I come back over the weekend, and one thing leads to another, I'm back to these YouTube videos of this person doing this crazy thing called tapping, and I'm like, okay, we're not doing that, that's crazy. <laughs> but the third week, as I'm sitting there, I get led to this again. Mm. I find out, well, why don't I find out what it is? So remember, this is like almost, uh, you know, 11 years ago, I didn't know what Googling was. So mm. I Googled EFT before I even knew what Googling was. <laughs> and I come up with um, Emo Free, E-M-O-F-R-E-E, -E, put it in, search it, up comes Gary Craig's website. Mm. Now on his website, it says that you can download his manual about how to do the tapping, the EFT, um, known as emotional freedom technique, for free. And I'm thinking, yeah, who does that? You know, <laughs> there's always a catch, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so um, I download the manual, and to this day, honest God, Scott, I can't even tell you how I did it. <laughs> well, you just learned how to Google, so <laughs> you just learned how to Google, so yeah, you're you're taking giant leaps here. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there, and uh, up comes you know I, I download the manual, which was really funny because at one point I saw a page, and it was just a bunch of you know how it looks when you get computer speak on there, and I was like, oh my god, I blew up the computer. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I read, it. I read his cover letter. His cover letter, as I'm reading it, I'm just crying. Uh, he says, you know, I've been putting this together for years. I'm now on the final pages. I've done all this work with veterans and PTSD and, you know, talking just a cover letter to his manual. Mm. And I am just so touched by the fact that this, this, I, 
just had this feeling, this guy's for real. Mm. This guy is really about helping people feel better. Mm -hmm. And so I, over the next three weeks, I actually found somebody on um, uh, YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll tell you his name, uh, is Brad Yates. He is a tapping practitioner. He actually started in hypnosis. And um, one of the reasons I love Brad Yates, I think everybody loves Brad Yates. He has a great sense of humor. Um, you know, uh, it, it, we don't have to be melancholy and sad and, you know, all these things when we're doing this healing work. I mean, I would say this, this is really supposed to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I can usually get you laughing and crying in the same session. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm watching this anger tap that Brad Gates had, just a generic, like, eight-minute anger tap. And over the next three weeks, while I'm reading the manual in, in between, I am doing this, I get up in the morning, have my coffee, do this eight-minute tap, and kind of one of those things where I'm looking at the computer and go, hmm, okay, get up, go about my day. Mm. Not feeling any different, not... Okay, but for whatever reason, something keeps pulling me back to the computer. Now, I do say that's infinite wisdom now, okay? Mm -hmm. Wisdom that I have that I didn't know I had <laughs> <laughs> to keep bringing me back to the computer so that I can keep watching this video. And after three weeks of doing this, like every day, eight minutes a day, I am sitting in front of the computer and all of a sudden I just start sobbing. Mm. And I'm like, okay, like where did that come from? Mm. And that really what started me then down this road that I've gone down for 11 years where I learned more and more about the tapping. I started using it on myself. Um, uh, there were day we had a circular floor plan mm. and how I wear a path in the carpet, just walking that circular floor plan, telling stories, tapping. Um, you know, I, I still don't know how I, you can't tell where I walked. Mm. Um, I, there were, I don't, I don't suggest for most people to go in and do the releasing and the learning and all that like I did. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm kind of stubborn. Mm -hmm. Um, I am independent. Mm -hmm. So when I get something thrown at me that I want to learn, I'm like all about, okay, I can do this. Let's do it. Whatever. So I probably traumatized myself a little more than I needed to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 but it's okay. Let me, um, let me, uh, let, I'm sorry. Let me, let me just hit pause just for a second. Clint. I've got a couple of follow-up questions. So from what you said so far, going back to Gary Craig, when you were reading that uh, initial manual, was there something you can recall from that initial read? Because you were um, skeptical, it sounded like at first, and but there was something drawing you back too. But do you recall something specific uh, that you read that, that kind of made yeah. you change your mind? I don't know how you did that. I swear to God, I just covered it up in goosebumps so big that you asked me that question because your, your inner being wanted my inner being. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> awesome question. Why did I have that? I had that feeling because Gary Craig, and I believe it was in the cover letter or somewhere right there at the same time I saw it all, he has given tapping to the world. Mm -hmm. There are no copyrights mm -hmm. on tapping, mm -hmm. on the EFT technique mm -hmm. that he created. Mm -hmm. He just gave it to the world. And mm -hmm. I, that's when I thought, who really does that? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that was one of the things that really caught my attention because I'm that way from, from this standpoint. 
You know how they say that if you don't charge enough for things or whatever, it doesn't have value. Most people don't care for things that are free because they don't think they're that valuable. Right. Right? Right. Okay. Mm. I'm the opposite. Mm-hmm. If you tell me you're going to do work with me or do something with me for free or whatever, I don't see that as less valuable. I'm not the norm. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I, I said something to my brother years ago, and I've got it hanging in my head right now. And it was at the point I was doing all this and signing up for all these webinars and all these things to, you know, just keep learning more and more. I said to my brother, I don't have time for all the enlightenment that I signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> Disbelief. Does that make more sense? Yeah, absolutely. Disbelief. And and once the belief passed, uh, I would say trust came into being pretty quick. You trusted what this person was doing. I I think what? Yes. I felt a deep connection Mm. to Gary Craig in that moment. Because I could feel, I could feel through the manual, the computer, the reading of the letter, that this was someone who was sincerely interested in helping people find a better way, find a way to feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, And and why do I say that? I knew that in starting my story in 2007, I will tell you, I knew that then from there we'd pop all over the place. Sure. Because first of all, you're going to see that's what I do anyway. That's quite all right. Um, That's what podcasts are good for. What? I said, that's why podcasts are great, because we can just jump around. Long form interview, long form discussion. Yes, correct. Right. Okay. So, so why, why 2007? Why was I here then? Okay. Even though my husband had a good income, I'm in a beautiful home. I have a wonderful car. You know, everything's coming up roses. I should be so happy, so relaxed, so awesome, right? Right. No, Hmm. I am still waking up every day fearful, scared. I have these programs that are running that I don't know why am I scared and anxious all the time. I've been this way most of my life. Um, and really feeling like what is it other people don't know and all those things. So in 2007, at the point I found this, I was probably at not the lowest point um, that I've been in my life because there were a couple other low points, Um, uh, but a point where I knew I was so wadded up in fear and anxiety and that it was running my life instead of me living a life and fear and anxiety shows up and I'm like, eh, okay, whatever, what's going on, right? right? So I called that into me. You understand what I mean when I say that? I don't that complete, I don't completely, maybe expand on that a little bit if you would. Okay, so being a law of attraction teacher, okay, mm-hmm. I understand that I get what I feel about, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So if I'm feeling fear, if even though I'm saying words that sound positive, I have a fear program running, mm-hmm. I get what I feel about, not necessarily what I think about. 
Make sense? That makes sense, yes. Thank you for clearing that up. Okay, because we are vibrational. Everything in this universe is vibrational, sound. I mean, you know, all, all my vision is is interpreting vi vibration visually. My hearing is interpreting vibration auditorily, mm. okay? Yeah. But one of the things that I teach, um, from the neck up, we value thinking and acting, okay? Mm -hmm. But really, from the neck down, mm -hmm. the feeling, the being, that's really how we get what we get in this life. For example, if I'm running around all day going, I'm a million, you know, everybody's talking about positive affirmations, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm running around, I'm going, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire. Well, just so you know, let's think about this for a second. When's the last time a millionaire walked around affirming they're a millionaire? They just expect it. So it really is about getting in the feeling place of it. If I'm walking around saying I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, trying to create money, that means I'm really focused on the lack of it. Mm. See, law of attraction can be, a lot of people think they understand it, but they're not even listening to themselves. Mm. What do I mean by that? Everybody loves to walk around and say, I get what I get, right? Right. Easy enough to understand, right? Right. Okay, so now somebody shows up, they're angry, and I go, what's their problem? <laughs> Instead of, if I get what I give, there is a vibrate, one of the ways I say it, a vib vibrational countenance of me, okay? Whether it's I'm afraid of anger, I lived anger, and I'm terrified of it, I saw anger, and I don't want to be it, but I've got a relationship with anger. Mm. So, so actually, that's what I mean. You know, that's what I help people do with the tapping. I help them go into their stories, find out why they're expecting anger. Because with the law of attraction and the way I teach, we get what we expect. Yeah, and so let me let me just do one one more follow up question from what you said before. When you were first started practicing tapping on yourself, I believe you said uh, it was the anger that you were tapping into. Is that correct? I, what I'm getting to, yeah. what I'm getting to yeah. is, I, I want to uh, understand in more detail. I'm a very detailed person, so I just want to understand in more detail how exactly you did those first uh, tapping experiences on yourself. Can you can you kind of go into detail on, on exactly how you did that? Oh, okay. There, what we do is. Yeah, okay. So what you, being that it was on YouTube, all I had to do was follow along. Okay. okay? Mm. So, so let's go back. Yeah. There was an American psychologist, Roger Callahan, who was actually experimenting, playing with, however you want to put it, uh, the relationship between the energy meridians in the body and psychological concepts. Okay? okay. So energy meridians in the body. This is like two, 3,000-year-old science. Okay, from the Chinese. They mapped out the energy meridians in the body. We know that they're there. You can shoot dye into it. You can see things. You can see the dye move through it. These energy meridians in the body uh, flow what they call chi, chi, the life force. Okay? Mm -hmm. So when I have an emotional experience that is negative, okay, I create a block or a disruption in my body's energy system, basically, let's just say blocking the chi, okay? I mean, 
this isn't necessarily that I'm giving to you in, in a scientific way. I usually try to break things down in ways that are more understandable. Make mm -hmm. sense? Right. Okay. Because I do like to make language where we can understand it. There are people today teaching things using language that I find exclusionary. So I like to explain things to people in a way that just makes it more easy to understand. So let's say, think of, think of the life force flowing through your meridians like a sugar in a pixie stick, mm. okay? Okay. If that sugar in the pixie stick gets a lump in it or has had moisture in it, now the sugar won't flow out of the stick, okay? If you take your fingers and you tap Everything worked to get rid of that clump flows through. Let's say that when I was three years old, my parents were fighting, the broom falls behind me, I hear a loud bang. I've just been traumatized, okay? Mm -hmm. Too many people downplay their trauma. We call that a small T trauma, if you will. Mm -hmm. And what that means is, is that now maybe when I hear loud noises, I jump. Hmm. Make, when I hear loud noises, I don't just jump like a regular person does. It's more almost like an illogical thing. It's like it's like uh, bigger than the than the situation warranted. In other words, I can tell you that if you if you come up behind me, I will probably jump. Hmm. Not everybody does that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now have I gone in and specifically tapped that out? No. Uh, but I don't need to. I mean, you know, you get to pick and choose what it is that's an issue or a problem for yourself, okay? Mm -hmm. So going back to that anger thing, did I know I was an anger person? Did I know I had anger? Absolutely, I knew that, okay? Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew I was angry about a lot of things. So going to that recording, I'm actually just sitting in front of the computer and I'm following along with what he's doing. Now, there are specific points on the face and body that we tap while we're tapping. Why do we tap those points? And I'll explain them to you in a minute. But we tap those points because they are meridian endpoints where the most ends of the meridian come together in one place so that we're getting, so to speak, the most bang for our buck. So going back to Roger Callahan, he created what's called thought field therapy. Thought field therapy is this whole idea that for every emotion, there's a different tapping algorithm or sequence. Like if I'm tapping out anger, it looks different from tapping out sadness. It looks different from tapping out doubt or worry or frustration or dread, okay? Mm -hmm. So what Gary Craig did was, he, he knew about Roger Callahan, he contacted him, he basically paid him, uh, if I've got the story correct, and I think I do, uh, $100,000 to learn and study under him. Mm -hmm. And from that, Gary Craig developed emotional freedom technique, which is a one-size-fits-all, the way I put it, tapping sequence that we use over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So. What we're doing is we are we are combining what the problem is mm -hmm. with an affirmation of self-love mm -hmm. while we're tapping what's called the karate chop spot on our hand, mm -hmm. and then we do what's called a reminder phrase on the face and body. So the first spot that we're going to called the karate chop is just like a karate master would use. It's that it's that side of your hand from the little finger down to your wrist, mm -hmm. and you just take the other hand and or fingers, you just tap that area. And what you're doing while you're doing that is doing what we call a setup phrase. 
Okay, so let's go back for a second and let me explain to you that with, with tapping, the way that we describe it is acupuncture without the needles. Hmm. Okay, hmm. now whenever everybody hears the no needles part, they're usually pretty happy about that. You know, <laughs> you know anybody who's done acupuncture will tell you that it's, it's not like you feel the pain or any of that. Hmm. Some people are just squeamish about needles. So we're doing the same thing, we're just doing it by tapping these endpoints. So after I've done what we call the setup phrase, so let's just use an example. Um, one of the very first classes I taught, we did it on a spider phobia, okay? Mm -hmm. So on the side of the hand, you tap that side of the hand and you say, even though I have this fear of spiders, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. So there's the problem and there's the affirmation of self-love. Mm. We're doing that three times on karate chop. Now let me explain why we use the karate chop. This, these, by tapping on the karate chop, we take care of a psychological aspect known as psychological reversal. Psychological reversal is that part of me that says, I want to be done like like let's say losing weight. I want to I want to let go with this weight, but then my friends won't like me. Mm -hmm. I want to let go of this weight, but uh, gained and lost three people. I want to let go of this weight. So you see how how modern sabotage, okay, mm -hmm. says I want to let go of this weight, but there's usually a way that we think it won't serve us, okay? Mm. Well, that's what the psychological reversal takes care of on the side of the hand is being able to bypass the conscious mind, mm. okay? Mm -hmm. Because we all think we're so conscious, <laughs> okay, not. Okay, most of us have learned what we're learning in our life experience by about age seven. The reason is, and I know I'm popping all over, but you know, it's funny. I okay. never do notes or work from a program because I just never know where this is going to go. You're good. So, um, so good. All right. So, so when we're doing the, um, uh, the, um, uh, okay, you remember where I was? Because I don't. The karate chop. Um, the, the, what? The yeah, yeah the psychological reversal. Okay, we're talking about the conscious and the unconscious. Yeah. That's what it is. The spider. Maybe you've it. seen it this way. Some people have a picture of an iceberg mm -hmm. and show that 90% of the iceberg is actually below the water. Okay? Yep. Did you know that? Uh, I, I've heard that okay. before, yes. We operate the same way. Okay? In other words, most of us operate all day long from the unconscious programs. For example, how hard do you have to think when you're driving? Besides not. Mostly right? subconscious I mean, activity. Right. Well, we do that all day long with everything. Let's just say that when you were little, somebody beat the crap out of you and they were wearing a red shirt. Now, as an adult, you meet somebody in a red shirt, you don't know why, you just don't care for them. Okay? Mm. So this is the kind of unconscious programming that runs in us all day long. Now, why does that happen? At zero to seven, from the moment we're born till age seven, we are in a brain state known as theta brainwave. Theta brainwave means I am in pure sponge download mode. Hmm. You ever heard talk about children and learning languages? If you want a child to learn a language, teach them when they're little. Very true. Right, because their brain is in that state where they absorb everything. Now, good news and bad news about that, okay? Good news that we know it's state the brain won't wave, okay? Bad news is, okay, now that we're adults, we're usually in a different brain state. So if we really want to change something, 
Okay. Um, you've probably heard people talk about listening to things as you go to sleep or right as you wake up. And that's because that's when you're in that theta brainwave. That's when you bypass the conscious mind and you actually allow yourself to change that subconscious, unconscious. I don't care what kind, whether you call it sub or un, it just means not aware, mm. you know, mm-hmm. of how I'm getting what I'm getting. So when we're doing the tapping and we're addressing these emotions, what we're actually doing is getting them out of the body because where the mind goes, the body follows, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. So when I think a thought, chemicals cascade into the body and now the body thinks is mine. So when you see that guy in the red shirt, you actually have an emotional knowing before you ever have a thought. And a lot of us don't even know that's how we function and operate. We usually will feel first. Mm-hmm. But it's been happening so long, most of us aren't even aware. Look how many times during the day, and I'm not going to ask you to count, but there are probably multiple times during the day where you see something, hear something, it's not pleasant, but you don't spend a lot of time on it, you just move on. Okay? In my work, what I'm doing more and more with me is stopping, becoming aware of how I feel, tap in that moment to do the disconnect between the body and the mind of the programming of whatever it is that that's bringing me. Yeah, now talk yeah. about, talk, talk about, maybe give an example of that. Where is it always you're tapping the same spot, this this general spot on the, the karate knife edge of your hand? Well, or? that's just where you start. Okay. So, so what you would do is, so let me ask you something. Yeah. Did, did there's a, I was listening to your Cynthia um, podcast with okay. Cynthia Mary, and she was talking about your foot or your toe. Uh, yes, you yes. Are you still having that? No. Okay. Do you, let me ask you this, is there, is there anything that's bothering you? Do you have a stressor coming up? Do you have a physical issue? Do you have a, um, a person that's bothering you? Do you have a, uh, is there anything that we can use as a, uh, is there anything you're afraid of? Anything you're not as good at as you'd like to be? Um, do you have any money blocks? Wow, where do I start? That's usually what people say to me. Okay. All right. That's hilarious. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, we we, we as human beings uh, are are fighting our battles every day. Um, Let's see. I'm going to pick something kind of light here, I guess. Uh, And this may not qualify, but I'm going to throw it out there. And if this is not a good one, I, there's more to go for. So, uh, I'm just going to say that I'm, I'm contemplating, uh, I'm really getting tired of wearing readers. I had LASIK to try to correct it. Uh, it didn't, it didn't work. So I'm contemplating maybe wearing one contact, uh, to over my dominant reading eye. So that's a, a problem that I'm contemplating. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm just gonna tell you, you're like blowing me away, okay? <laughs> Why? Because at one point, I completely corrected my eyesight with tapping. Okay. okay? Why, why do I say at one point? Because I don't know if I said I don't believe it or not, or what I did, okay? But my vision is not as bad as it was before, but it's not as good as it was when I got it good. Mm. Okay. So, so let me tell you how that happened real fast, and then we'll go into the other thing. Okay, sure. so here, my neighbor had a third grader who was getting ready to get, uh, it was actually her granddaughter, who was getting ready to get glasses, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. She's terrified, third grade, what are you, six, uh, eight, nine, eight to nine. 
And, you know, she knows how kids make fun of you and all of those things. So for like 15 minutes, she and I tapped. I came over to the house. We did the tapping. We tapped out all kinds of aspects. What we do when we're tapping is we just tell the truth. Okay? Now, we live in a time-space reality where everybody says, do not say anything negative. And I say, well, the reason we're saying the negative in the tapping, we're acknowledging the truth. Okay? Because fact of the matter is, you're feeling that truth all day. Okay? Mm -hmm. And you're trying to overthink it. Think it. And it's not working. Mm -hmm. Okay? So when we acknowledge what's going on in here inside the body, that's how we let it go. So we were tapping about people calling you four eyes. Um, you know, telling me you're ugly. Uh, now I gotta always wear these glasses. Now I gotta be responsible. All these fears that she had about the glasses, right? Mm -hmm. Only about 15, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I go home. Like a couple days later, I get up, get out of bed. I had a huge picture window. I come out. I'm looking at the street. I got my glasses on, and I'm like, oh crap! I gotta go get new glasses. I can't see anything. Hmm. Which was very weird. So I take off my glasses. I can see perfectly clearly, and I'm standing there. I mean, you know, like, who do you tell this to, right? <laughs> so I'm standing, I'm standing there looking out the window, and I'm like, okay, this is just crazy good. And so I'm putting the glasses on, taking the glasses off, putting them on, taking them off. Okay, now, like you are talking about, up to that point, I was in one contact. I could read really well with my one eye. The other eye was, was you know, couldn't see far away. I wore one contact. That way I could see to drive and I could see to read. It was like the greatest thing ever. Okay? Mm. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Right? But the idea that I had corrected my vision enough in, in my eye that, I mean, I could read street signs without my glasses. I, could, I mean, it was like, whoa. You know, it's like I said, who do you tell this to, right? Right. Okay, so if... Let's just get this in here right now. If something like that occurs and then it regresses or comes back, okay, I don't freak out in my work. All that means is there's another story, there's another emotional component that we haven't uncovered, okay? Like, for example, and we haven't even gotten to any of this, I had a challenging childhood. There were, there were nine children. Okay, eight alive at any one time. Mm -hmm. uh, there are significant things that happened in my childhood. Um, so that, uh, well, we, listen, I tell people all the time, if you just weren't raised in the 50s and 60s, you haven't lived, okay? <laughs> the way that people disciplined was they just beat the crap out of you, all right? <laughs> and like I tell people, I think we're allowed to say this on a podcast, but you know, I tell people, you just can't hear that you got shit for brains enough times to be really motivated to go out there and get something done. <laughs> 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 yeah, that just just kept the, the, those techniques just kept being passed generation to generation without being questioned. Right. Yeah, right, right. So I will even help people um, understand. Let's go back and look at your parents' parents. You know, to help see where all that came from. So, um, so I had uh, I decided a few months ago. I was like, okay, I'm sick of this. I had corrected my vision. I wanted back to being good again. So I started tapping on my vision again. And knew that I had my driver's license exam coming up. Well, you know, they do the eye test on that. And I thought, oh man, if I don't pass this, they're gonna make me go get new glasses and they don't understand how this works, that I'm bigger than my eyesight. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna explain the 
give me another month or whatever, right, right? So I go for the eye exam and I pass the eye exam for the first time in my life since I've been driving, I do not have to wear my glasses while I'm driving. I was like, this is so amazing. I mean, I tell people all the time, in my world, it's just amazing. So, so just to make sure I'm clear how that happened, you, you gained your eyesight back from the tapping, and you did you say that you felt like you lost it a little bit, and you had this test coming I up? I felt so like you, it regressed a little bit, yeah. It regressed a little bit, so you applied tapping again and passed the test. I applied tapping again, I passed the test without my glasses. Now, hmm. my vision could still be clearer, okay? Mm-hmm. And that is what I do because I'm a digger, okay? <laughs> I'm looking for the ways because I'm nearsighted, which means I'm not seeing the future, okay? Mm-hmm. So so metaphysically, we kind of connect the dots that way and look at it and go, okay, so, so why is the future fearful to me? Okay, well, I'll tell you. I mean, you know, the stuff I went through, if my now was kind of bleak, does the future look very good either? I mean, you know, so the ways that we create these manifestations, it could have been, it could have been my younger sister got glasses. Maybe she was getting attention that I wanted to get. Maybe I, because the body will follow the mind. So if in my mind I'm thinking she's getting the attention, okay, I got things going on in my brain right now. I didn't even, let me just say this. The more you tap, the more intuitive you are, the more you get to see how you create the stuff you create. And I'm having my own aha moment as we speak because I'm realizing in my sister who is one year younger than I am, who got glasses and then started getting all the attention that I used to get, okay? Mm-hmm. Maybe I created poor eyesight as a way to get the glasses hmm. so that I could get the attention back that I wanted to get. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, double-edged sword in my family because I wanted mom's attention, not dad's. Dad's the one who beat the crap out of you. <laughs> guess whose attention I was getting? So, you know, <laughs> in my little brain and eyes and everything else, there was some confusion, like there is for most of us, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so what that tells me, okay, I don't look at that and go, Oh, no, my eyesight went worse or big to play with the idea of what am I afraid to see? Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, like my sister's farsighted, okay? Mm-hmm. Which means she can't see, she can't see near, she can see far. Correct. So her now was more scary than her future. Her mm-hmm. future probably saved her. You see, she had clarity in the future. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, this is all metaphysics, and these are the ways that we play with this stuff, okay, that I do in my world. In other words, mm-hmm. I'm always playing with the metaphysical con- connection. Like, if you had shoulder pain, we I would start talking to you about responsibilities and burdens. If you had leg pain, I'd talk to you about how, what's, you know, what are you afraid to move into? If you have a foot thing going on, it might be uh, fear of standing up for yourself. It might be a fear of um, being okay with your own thoughts and ideas and beliefs versus what you were taught. So you kind of get what I'm doing here. It's I'm always looking for the metaphysical connection because again, thoughts thought enough. Okay, mm-hmm. the body gets those chemicals. Now the body acts as mind. Okay, mm-hmm. and the body is the feeling state. Okay, mm-hmm. so so if I just think about a person and I don't feel good when I think about them, I'll just start tapping. So going back to how we do this, we start on the side of the hand. Okay, mm-hmm. so what we do is we normally have somebody rate. So tell me on a one to ten, 
Okay. Uh-huh. How much does the let's just let's just do it this way. It bothers you that you need glasses, true? It bothers me that I'm wearing them now to read and I have to have them in every room and you know, every place okay. Okay. <laughs> where I need to read. Okay. Got it. Yeah. All right, so on one to ten, give me your one to ten, ten being it, uh, it absolutely is bothers me to the nth degree, and one like, eh, really bothers me. How much does it bother you that you have to wear these glasses and you got them in every room? Five. Oh, come on. Six. Yeah, just uh, to give everyone a visual. Colette, Colette just looked at me like my mom. Goes, now, are you sure you're telling me the truth, Scott? <laughs> okay, well, it, 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 Colette, honestly, it fluctuates. You know, it depends on the situation. If I really need my glasses and I can't find them, you know, yeah, so it, it'll fluctuate. So I'm just taking an average. Now you're trying to read something. You can't find any glasses. Now how high can you get? All right, I'm a I'm a nine. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Big liar. I was just looking my video because I can see when you're lying. <laughs> you should do this with my phone. Okay. All right, so go into the side of the hand. What you're gonna do is you're gonna tap there with me. Okay, you're gonna take your fingers of your one hand, tap the pride shop of the other. Now, you can't do it wrong. You can do it with either hand, okay? okay? But it's that fatty area from the bottom of the little finger down to the wrist, right there on the side of the hand. And what you're gonna do, Scott, is you're gonna repeat after me, okay? All right. So what you're gonna say is, even, and then I want you to feel where you feel this in your body, just in case you do. All right, a lot of us are so blocked, we don't know where we feel it. Okay. But if you feel a tingling or a sensation or anything, just let me know. That's your job, okay? All right. Even though it really bothers me, I have to wear these reading glasses. Now e- you say it. Even though it really bothers me, I have to wear these reading glasses. I choose to love and accept myself. I choose to love and accept myself. And even though it really does bother me. And even though it really does bother me. That I have to wear these glasses. That I have to wear these glasses. When I want to read. When I want to read. And I deeply and profoundly. And I deeply and profoundly. Love and accept myself. Love and accept myself. And even though. And even though. It really bothers me. I can't see with my own eyes to read. It really bothers me that I can't see with my own eyes to read. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Okay, now we're going to do the spots on the face of body. I'll explain them, okay? The first spot's called the eyebrows, right where your eyebrow starts. The way your glasses are, you're going to be just fine with them on there. All right, so just tapping right there with the eyebrow is where the eyebrow and the bridge of the nose come together. That's the end of the eyebrow you want to be on, people, okay? Mm -hmm. Right there at the top of your nose where the eyebrow starts, you lightly tap with a couple fingers. If you're hurting yourself, you're doing it too hard, okay? Just lightly (laughs) tap there about seven or eight times, Mm -hmm. and you say, it really bothers me I need these glasses to read. It really bothers me I need these glasses to read. Okay, side of the eye, there's right there along the temple. Now you can go get right out, you're good. Now you repeat, and you say, it really bothers me, I need glasses to read. It really bothers me, I need glasses to read. 
Okay, and then under the eye, feel that bone right there? Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. It really bothers me that I need these glasses for reading. It really bothers me that I need these glasses for reading. Okay, under the nose, that's an easy one, okay? Mm -hmm. Right between the nose and the upper lip. Mm -hmm. It really bothers me I need these glasses. It really bothers me I need these glasses. Okay, going to the chin and what that really is, some call it under the mouth, it's the denty part, just below your lip. And you say, I get so frustrated that I need these glasses. I get so frustrated that I need these glasses. Okay, the next point is called the collarbone, and it's like right where the knot of a man's tie goes. You just lightly tap there, and you say, it really bothers me I need these glasses to read. It really bothers me I need these glasses to read. Okay, the next spot looks kind of crazy. It's down the side. It's about four inches down from the armpit. Uh, for men, it's four inches down. For women, it's about the middle of the bra strap. Um, and you kind of look like, if you do it on the same side, you kind of look like a monkey. Okay. okay. I like to do it with kids because it's more fun. Okay. So you would just say, it really bothers me I need these glasses for reading. It really bothers me I need these glasses for reading. Okay, and then top of the head, right at the crown, you're just going to go in a little circle, lightly tapping up there, and you say, it really bothers me I need these glasses. It really bothers me I need these glasses. Okay, now take a nice breath. Okay, now I want you to tune in to how much it bothers you, and let's test it, okay? So I want you to, you want to read something, and you got to go find the glasses. You were a nine, how bad does it bother you now? It's hard to say. I'm, are, you, are you telling or, or saying that I need to um, mentally put myself in that situation and... Yeah, just see yourself wanting to read something, and now you got to go grab the glasses. Okay. Do you feel that nine? No. Yeah, I. you tell me what you dropped to, and I'll tell you what I got. On your one to ten, what did you drop down to? I'm telling the truth now, Cliff. Three. Okay. <laughs> Just so you know, I know you're telling the truth. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm brilliant. No, I'm because that's why that's why we rate the tapping. If you would have done a round with me and we hadn't rated it, you wouldn't have noticed such a significant drop. Mm. What what happens is because tapping is not left brain. Okay, your brain right now is going. Wait a minute. What did she do to me? Why doesn't this bother me, okay? Mm -hmm. Or some manifestation of that. Almost like, yeah, I'll just go get the glasses, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I felt you do that. When I, when I saw you doing that, I felt you just go, eh, I'll just go get the glasses. Mm -hmm. Instead of the angst and the consternation and the days, nothing works and the lazy <laughs> didn't work and that idiot that did it, and, you know, all those things we go through. So what happened is, okay, let me explain scientifically what happened is, we have a part of our brain back here called the amygdala. You ever heard of it? No. Okay, it's at the base of the brain. It's like right there at the, um, uh, just above your neck, mm -hmm. bottom of the brain. We call that the reptilian brain. That actually, that amygdala serves a very good purpose. What happens when it fires up is it's what puts us into the fight, flight, or stress, uh, fight, flight, or freeze response, okay? Mm -hmm. So, 
Why do we have this part of the brain? Long, long time ago, and that's why we call it the primitive brain, okay? When we were cave people and we're going out looking for dinner, right? And now the lion sees me, okay? I don't need to think about it, all right? I want the blood to leave the not the central parts of my body, my brain, go to my arms and legs so that I can run from the tiger. I don't want to be dinner, okay? All right? Yes. I don't need to sit there and think about it and conceptualize and have a cognitive shift about how I'm going to convince this lion not to eat me, right? right. So, so, okay. So what happens is I run, okay? We get to the cave. We collapse in the puddle. The amygdala calms down. The stress response calms down. Um, now we can rest the body and, and, and everything goes back to working like it's supposed to. Here's the problem with us today, okay? Mm-hmm. Everybody in the stress response all day long. Mm. nobody is regrouping is Mm. the way I put it what the tapping actually does the very first thing it does is calms that amygdala okay which now allows blood back in the brain which now instead of being fight flight or freeze response we have a more relaxed response we have a cognitive shift that says "Eh, glasses are in the other room I'll go get them this is the beginning of you making you not wrong so that your eyes can correct themselves because they know how to. When we get you and your crappy thoughts and beliefs out of the way, your eyes, your body knows how to heal itself. When you get a cut, you don't have to figure out how to heal that. It knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you keep picking it and interfering with it and everything else, it's going to take it longer. And every time that we are wronging ourselves, which we do a billion times a day in this little thinker up here, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. because we took over for our teachers, we took over for our parents, we're doing, we're not saying very nice things to ourselves, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So once we get that down, we get out of the business of just beating us up, whether it's physically or verbally, <laughs> you know, one of the things I tap with people all the time is I'm still beating me up like they did, I just don't show bruises. You say, mm, all right? Mm-hmm. So because you probably heard people say, we have some 60,000 thoughts a day, and about 90% of them, and it's probably more than that, are the same crappy thoughts you had yesterday, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. So every time you go looking for your glasses, you're in the, the disgust, the frustration, the why is this working, I'm so tired of this, and all of those things, where if you stopped for a minute, and said, oh, I'm fe-, and just going to the eyebrow. I'm feeling this frustration, side of the eye. I yell at my eyes all the time, under the eye. I'm so mean to myself, under the nose. Now, that's a little advanced, okay, because I'm used to doing this. So I would take you right into what you're feeling and thinking then mm-hmm. to calm the body down and get you lined up with feeling better. And now your body can start to heal itself. Hey everybody, Scott here to take another 60 seconds to talk about a sponsor. I'm very excited to have the Yurkron Suburban Buzz. Suburban Buzz takes the sting out of your marketing costs. Suburban Buzz can take care of your web development, social media, digital marketing, and general advertising, all available from Suburban Buzz. Visit Suburban Buzz at SuburbanBuzz.com. Now the owner, Holly Shavisnik, didn't ask me to read this part. 
I've used Holly's great service for many years. If you're a small business owner like me or just need to advertise, you need the reliable, quick service that you can count on from Holly and the Suburban Buzz team. So check them out at SuburbanBuzz.com. That is SuburbanBuzz.com. I do have some follow-up questions, so I'm, I'm going to keep them to a minimum. Uh, the tapping started around the eye and then moved toward the body and then back to the top of the head. Can you can you uh, explain the method to that a little bit? I guess uh, what, what? How do you well, know yeah, what areas of the body? Here. Yeah, go ahead. Well, the reason Gary Craig picked those spots is that's like the biggest bang for your buck meridian endpoints. Now, there are some people now that start at the top of the head and just work their way down. Okay. I learned from Gary Craig in the beginning, he started on the eyebrow, the head wasn't even in there. Over time, someone added the head as the meridian endpoints. Now, Gary Craig uses it. You, you can even do the points out of sequence, you can't do it wrong. Okay, so these points that I was tapping had nothing to do with the eyes while I was around. I, these are just general tap points for... Yeah, no, you use the same points if you have spider fear. Okay. You'd use the same points if you wanted more money. Mm, okay. I'm curious, are there some standout stories, uh, Colette, or experiences that come to mind with some people you've introduced to tapping, some of your clients? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, first of all, let me say that tapping is getting more and more, um, uh, uh, I wouldn't call it mainstream, but more and more people are learning about it. Um, tapping is science, okay? It's not just Colette out there doing voodoo, all right? <laughs> I have a brother who says, uh, when I first got involved in the tapping, he says, I never know what voodoo you're into. I said, this is not voodoo. This is science. And there are more and more studies that prove, like when you do a round of tapping, when you do like five minutes of tapping, Mm-hmm. You can bring the cortisol levels, which is the stress hormone, down by like 60-some percent. I mean, the, the clinical studies on this are just absolutely amazing. There's not anything you can't use tapping for. You can use it for test anxiety. You can use it with little kids. You can help put nursing babies back to sleep. I've done it with 90-year-olds. I've gotten 80-year-olds off walkers in 15 minutes. Um, I myself, some a few years after I um, had the tapping, I was a cigarette smoker. Mm-hmm. I for 38 years, and I will tell you that anybody who smoked, 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 um, that sees somebody just stopping, says, oh, they weren't really a real smoker. Now, <laughs> here's my story about smoking. You know how they tell you, set up, the, set up the area, get ready for success, and all those things. Well, anybody who has an addiction will tell you, as soon as you start talking about me reorganizing and doing those things, I go into freak-out mode. Do not take away my cigarettes. Don't take away my food. Don't take away my shopping. Don't take away whatever my addiction is. And I tell people, we can even be addicted to anger. We can be addicted to emo- to um, to anger. We can be addicted to sadness. We can be, Okay? So here I was. And uh, I knew that smoking was not a good plan, okay? (laughs) I knew that I was uh, getting to the point where every time I smoked a cigarette, I'm just smoking guilt, 
okay, mm. the whole time, like, geez, you know, like if my lips started to hurt, I think, oh my God, I got lip cancer, you know, we do those things. Right. And all this stuff where I'm like freaking myself out so bad. And I thought, okay, now you have these amazing techniques, let's just try it. And I used tapping, was my main tool. Um, I used a couple others. Um, uh, basically by asking the questions, okay? Look, I don't care if you're doing uh, access consciousness, tapping, Byron Katie's work, it's all about the questions. In other words, is this thing I'm doing all there is and all kinds of fun questions. So I used the tapping to stop smoking. The way I had done that was um, a couple more months before I actually stopped, I said, okay, if I had a wish, like smoking could be gone and it never happened, which I really didn't believe in my own brain could happen, okay? What thoughts, ideas, and beliefs do I have that don't allow me to believe that? Make sense? Yes. Ooh, that's a good question for you on your eyes, okay? Mm -hmm. If you could see clearly what thoughts, ideas, and beliefs do you have that don't, that don't allow your eye, eyes to heal themselves, see clearly, that's a really good place for you to go. Okay. okay, so what I did was ask the question, the very first thing I came up with was, what does everybody call it? They call it quitting. Mm. Okay, psychologically, that's not going to work. You should hear me yell at the TV when they do these lung association things and call, you know, for quitting, call this number. I'm like, nobody is a quitter, stop it! Okay. <laughs> because we hear quitting and psychologically, it's not going to work for most of us. So I changed that to stop. I've always called it, I stopped smoking. Because the first three times I quit, didn't work, okay? Mm. The next thought I had, okay, and then I went to, to work on top of that. Even though, I'm, even though they say I'm a quitter if I stop, I love it and accept my, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Okay, we're just telling the truth. Yes. All right, so then the next um, idea I had was my mom was a smoker. There were, as I told you, uh, nine of us, eight alive at any one time. Uh, she was always working and going to school. Mm -hmm. My mom was working on her master's. My mom was an amazing person. Uh, she did the first foreign language labs when those all happened 40 some years ago. Um, she was a pioneer in that. So my mm -hmm. mom worked a lot. My mom was a teacher and, and all this stuff. So I kind of looked at that and went, wow, did I create smoking as a connection be between me and mom? Hmm. Wow, that was cool. Okay, so happy. Even though I think that smoking connects me to mom because I missed her, I love it except myself, and I went on through that. Okay, then my older sister that I truly, madly, deeply love and adore that I actually adopted as my mother with that many children. I needed my own mother, so I adopted my sister. Hmm. And uh, <laughs> and um, and I went, wow, she smokes, and like you know. She's not going to be real happy with me if I stop. Now, even though she would be happy for me psychologically, there was that stuff like, you know, somebody got away, like another one got away. <laughs> but, you know, so I'll just tell you secretly, people that smoke, okay, when somebody comes in work and goes, oh, I quit and whatever, you know, we're all freaking out, right? And when we see them back out at the curb smoking with us, we're like, yeah, okay, I'm not worse than I thought I was. I mean, this is just how we function and up. Okay, mm. not that we wish ill on anyone, but you know, that's kind of bad. Like, how did they make it work and I don't? You know, this is the stuff we do. Yeah. So there was that aspect of it. Then there was, you know, all the other aspects of it. Like, uh, oh, every time I would tell my mom about it, she'd go, oh, it's just so hard, honey. Because my mom had stopped some years before. And I think, well, why do I have to believe it's hard? That's just something I was taught. So I'd go to tapping on that. 
everybody I knew gained 20, 40, 60 pounds when they stopped, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, I lost people. I don't want to do that again, right? Mm -hmm. So I go to town on that. Okay, so what happened was after a couple months, it, now this is the universe's big joke on me, okay? Because I don't do New Year's resolutions, mm. okay? Mm -hmm. I decided a long time ago that was setting yourself up for failure, and Lord knows I had enough of my life, I didn't need to create more ways to fail. Mm. So, <laughs> so for a couple months, I just tapping and the clearing and all of those things to where, here it was, January 1, 2012. Mm -hmm. And I had no desire that day. I mean, you know, now I'm reading, I don't know what it's called now, but there used to be a supplement in the Sunday paper called The Parade. Then it was USA Weekly. And it was something that was in there um, where, like, New Year's resolution, they had this whole big thing in there about, you know, how to stop doing this and how to do that and how to, okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at that, and it was about noon, and I thought, wow, I just realized I didn't even have any desire to have a cigarette. Hmm. That's weird. Okay, so a couple more hours go by. It was about 2.30 in the afternoon, and my husband says to me, what are you doing? Because we didn't smoke in the house. We would only smoke outside. Mm -hmm. And usually what we'd say is, hey, I'm going for – now, let me just add something else here. Don't give your addictions pet names. Mm. We would call it a smoke treat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. A smoke – you cut out a little bit there. A smoke what? We would – Okay, we called it a smoky treat. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a positive. A don't call it a positive right? thing, right? <laughs> don't call it something. Yeah, don't do that. All right, so here we, he, he's about 2.30 and my husband says, okay, what are you doing? And I knew what he meant immediately because I had not once said I'm going to the garage. And he hadn't said it either. He just kind of gone and done his own thing. He says, what are you doing? I said, I don't know, and don't tell me what you're doing. I don't know if you just heard him. He's laughing over there. I absolutely did. Um, okay, why did I say that? Because, and he knew what I meant immediately, okay? And mm -hmm. what I meant was, you go do what you're doing. I'm going to do what I'm doing because I'm not even sure what's going on here today, okay? <laughs> and I've never had a cigarette since. Now, I didn't gain any weight. I had zero withdrawal. I was not a B double I T C H. Okay. I mean naturally I can be, but I wasn't because of the cigarette. Okay. Yeah, you get it, girl. And my husband smoked for three more months. And it never bothered me. I, the smell of it doesn't bother me. Now, if I'm somewhere too long where it's been going on, like the casino, uh, you know, places where people are allowed to smoke, um, after a while, it's not pleasant for me, okay? But do I, am I ever standing next to someone outside and, you know, giving them a nasty look? No, I'm not a horrifying reformed smoker. Those people are annoying. <laughs> so this is what the, no, really, they are, aren't they? I mean, they're the worst, okay? I mean, I, I as a former, yeah, as a former smoker myself, I know exactly what you're talking about. I smoked for 20 years, and uh, yes, I know that person that uh, they are annoying. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is a testament to the tapping, because when we do the tapping, and we go to the psychological aspects, mm -hmm. and we go to the emotional drivers, because no matter what your addiction is, you have an emotional driver. 
Okay? Mm-hmm. In other words, I knew that for me, it was a lot of emotions that I was dodging by having a cigarette. Sadness, mm-hmm. anger, fear. I mean, you know, let's go have a cigarette. I mean, you know, I probably, at the point I stopped, I was probably on average smoking 12 a day or something like that. And somebody might go, oh, she wasn't a real smoker. I was a real smoker. Okay, I'm telling you, I was absolutely a real smoker. It still blows me away how seamlessly it left. I mean, my left brain, that was in 2012. What is it, six years later, so almost seven. And I'm still going, I, I still don't even know how that happened. It was so amazing how when, this, this is why it's so cool when you use it for food, because a lot of people will say, oh, I don't, I don't know if I want to do this happening for weight loss, because you're afraid I'm going to take away your cake, and you're never going to have a way, you're never going to have cake again. That would be like me saying that because we're tapping out your fear of heights, now you want to go to the roof and see if you can fly. You're not going to do that, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you don't have to worry that, that when we release the emotional drivers behind whatever it is that our addiction is, doesn't mean that I'm, I'm going to, you know, go and try and figure out how to do it another way. It's just gone. There's no emotional driver. It's taking care of the angers, the frustrations, the fears, the stories. You know, when I would think about, um, um, you know, when I'd see my mom as little as I saw her, well, what's she doing? She's smoking. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that psychological connection that was created by my having the smoking. There was also the stuff of uh, uh, that I tapped out, like, um, uh, now I'm the adult. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I was I was bullied by my dad all my life. Now I get to be the adult. I get to choose. So, you know, it was kind of some of that rebel stuff that goes on. But some of the other really cool things that I've done with respect to uh, manifestations um, I, my niece couldn't get her newborn to go back to sleep in the middle of the night after nursing. So I say, okay, give me a call during the day. We, I show her during the day. Of course, the next morning she writes me and goes, oh, my God, it worked. And I'm laughing. Yeah, of course it worked. <laughs> Tell me what happened. She goes, after she nursed, I tapped on her. She went right back to sleep. Um, one of the coolest money manifestations I did was I had somebody call me on a Saturday. Saturday in an absolute tither panic. Their rent was due. They had no idea how they were going to pay the rent. And uh, uh, she's just going 90 miles an hour. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, simmer down. Let's start to get into the thoughts, ideas, and beliefs that are running this program. You know, why this is going on. We did that. We tapped for about an hour. Within a couple hours, she shot me a note. And believe it or not, now this is, she had already had somebody holding funds for her. Okay, they were keeping it for like the trousseau, for her wedding, for the, you know, the hope chest, whatever, whatever. Mm. She already asked them if she could borrow the money. They said, no, that mm. is for this, not this, right? Mm. She calls her within a couple hours and says, oh my God, you cannot believe it. They came to my apartment and brought me the money. Oh. Okay. So, yeah. Now, people will hear that and go, oh, you know, they thought about it and they were okay. No, 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 no. When I change me, I change the energy of what I get, people change their mind on stuff. They don't know how they do it. Listen, one of the things that's kind of been fun for me lately is while somebody's talking to me and complaining or whatever, I start visually tapping the spots on their face. And mid-sentence, they'll change what they're saying to me. So, I like doing that because it gives them relief. Um. Grief. I've tapped with people about grief. Uh, there was a lady whose mother had crossed over. She really wanted to have that that experience of feeling the connection with mom on the other side and all of those things. And she kept saying, I'm not having it. What's wrong with me? 
And I said, what if the grief is the wall that's keeping you from connecting with your mother now that she's passed over? Mm-hmm. You know, she's going, everybody else gets these experiences, I don't. And I said, well, the grief is what's blocking you. So why are you not allowing yourself that connection? Well, okay, we hold on to the grief. Why? If I let go of the grief, does it mean I let go of the person? Some of us have decided an appropriate amount of time needs to be spent on grieving the loss of someone. Well, what is that appropriate amount of time, okay? So once we started going through and actually acknowledging the grief, and her allowing herself to shed the tears, feel the the uh, the overwhelm of losing her mother. Uh, how uh, you know how the, it, uh, it feels so incapacitating. You know, I have no control over that. Those kinds of things. Uh, next thing I know, within a few sessions, she's like, "Okay, I knew they were there. Nobody said anything to me, but I knew they were there." I'm like, "Cool, that's how it works." Now, I'll just tell you, I'm kind of weird. And uh, my parents are always here with me. Mm. I know they're around all the time. There's just signs. There's ways that I know. I see certain numbers, like my dad passed in 1983. My mom passed at the age of 83. I see 83s all the time. If I told you how many times I start a session with somebody and my phone's at 83%, that's, I always go, bam, mom's here with me, going to help me. I did have to tell my mother, though, you need to start sending me people who can pay. <laughs> my mom and Jesus are all about sending people to help but don't have money. Just <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. I'm looking at oh oh here's the coolest one. Okay, this is this is crazy. We just moved into the place where I am now. And uh, before I moved, I froze all the stuff, all the food, so that in the half hour it took me to get here, everything would hold up and last and all that stuff, right? So I've got my frozen hamburger patties. I pull them out of the freezer. I did like a big fat no-no you're not supposed to do. I grab a big old meat fork, which, you know, of course, they have pointed ends on the end of the meat fork. I'm trying to separate the hamburger patty. And sorry if this makes you squeamish. Uh, I put the tine, one of the tines of the meat fork, through my finger. Ouch. Okay. It was an ouch. Okay, now I get mercy pains really bad. Like I could never have been a doctor or a nurse or anything. Um, the only thing that stopped that fork was actually my fingernail. Mm. Once it, and I felt it hit the fingernail. I was like, oh, okay, I was just grossing out, okay? Mm. So I pulled it out, right? I start tapping. Now I looked like I was doing an Indian war dance the way I was running around <laughs> the kitchen tapping and going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. And I did that for about eight Oh my God, I can't believe I did this. Scott, I am not lying to you when I tell you when I looked at my finger, okay? There was no hole, there was no blood, there was no bruise. It was like it never even happened. Wow. And I was like, whoa. I mean, these things happen when I'm by myself. It's like, who do you tell? Yeah. You know, who do you call them? Wow, I just put a finger through my, a fork through my finger and nobody knows. Uh, I worked with people with insomnia, sleep issues. Um, uh, I had the computer see the printer one time. My husband hates it when I tell the story. Oh, I just groaned. He's like, don't do that. <laughs> you understand everything is energy, okay? Mm-hmm. Then when I call my energy and I get a different result. I worked with a lady who had a horrible toothache pain. We worked together for about an hour, got her completely out of pain. Um, I remind people that it's not always just that I tap and I get out of pain. It might be I tap, 
I do get relief on the pain, but maybe now I'm an open vessel so that I'm in the grocery store line and I'm standing behind the lady who says, I just found the greatest dentist in the world ever. Okay, because everything's energy. I line up with right place, right time. So here she was. She was in really bad pain. She had teeth that need to be pulled. She didn't have the money. Da da da. We worked together. I got her out of pain. A couple weeks later, she writes me and she says, "You can't believe what happened." And tells me this whole story about a coupon in the mail for this new dental office where she ends up going in. They're doing it. She's able to set up a payment program. I mean, it was just like just amazing story from start to end. Once you you know do the tapping and you start to acknowledge the stuff that's going on, panic attacks. I mean, you can. There's not anything that is not a tappable issue. Nothing. Mm. Gary Craig said two things: try it on everything and be persistent. Psoriasis, eczema, skin issues. See, if you've got psoriasis or eczema and looking at your skin, think about how that looks. That tells me you got anger issues. You've got unresolved anger issues. When we start telling the stories about when people did things that were unfair, that angered you, that you never got to acknowledge, you're going to have that stuff leave you, and now your body can heal. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Good. What else do you want to know? <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm totally blown away. Colette, that's... Oh, dude, we can do this for four <laughs> that, that is amazing. Um, I, uh, yeah. I, My grace. I, I definitely would, uh, like to have you back on the show at another time and, uh, and share some, some more of those stories with us. I really, really appreciate you being our guest today on your cron. I always like to close with this question, and uh, it is, and say a hundred years from now, future generations, family, relatives, etc., are perhaps listening to this recording in some form. What do you want them to remember from this recording? What message would you hope they carry on from your experiences? Okay. First of all, our emotions are guidance. They were never meant to stay stuck on a bad feeling emotion thinking I'm bad. Mm-hmm. In other words, I can't know hot without cold. So now that I know I'm feeling bad, I can actually go to work on this thing, this physical body, mm-hmm. okay, that's holding the vibration of that so that I can release it. Now, the biggest thing with me and the legacy picture is this. I don't have biological children. I have said for years that everyone I work with is my child. And the legacy that I leave is I change their legacy. Mm. I help people stop the patterns that have been going on in their families for a long time. Mm. I tell almost everyone I work with that they came into a life of contrast and the bigger mess they picked, the better for breaking the patterns, expanding consciousness, and being the generation that says, I'm going to change this. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that's it. Excellent. Excellent. I love changing your legacy. <laughs> Colette, thank you very much. That was fascinating. And I uh, really appreciate you taking time to be on your call today. What a blast. We will talk to you again soon, I hope. Yes. Yeah.